It's Thursday, July 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today for Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker and Charlie Travers. Happy Thursday. Thank you, Chris. Uh, we've we've got some household names to kick around for earnings season, and at least one that I'll be honest, I'd never heard of this company, but I'm but I'm intrigued. But let's start with uh, the social network. Facebook's second quarter revenue topped four billion dollars for the first time. Uh, stock down a little bit though, Bill, because uh, the number and there are a lot of metrics here, but the the one that. Uh, Wall Street seems to be focusing on is the spending, and that is spending rose eighty two percent year over year. That's um, I know they got a lot of money, but they sure are spending a lot of it too. And the stock down about two three percent this morning. Yeah, which given how well the stock has done and and how high it is now, it we were talking about this. It's the tenth largest company in the country, or I think that was globally, globally by market cap, the fastest company to reach a market cap of two hundred fifty billion dollars. Yeah, and and so there's a lot of achievement behind that, a lot of enthusiasm on top of that for additional. Uh, execution by the company and uh, today's earnings report was very good and contained the information that that outstanding execution is not free. You know that they've got to make uh, significant investments uh, in in people and products, and so when you're tweaking your models, maybe you say, "Oh well, it, the the growth looks as good as ever, but it, the the total amount of cash that the company retains from that growth is going to be." Slightly less. I mean, two percent off of, as we say, a market cap as high as this one is is really nothing. I feel a little bad for the people at Twitter, only in this regard, <laughs> that there seems to be this almost manic insistence on the part of the financial media to lump those two businesses together. To just say, well, you know, Twitter's good, but they're no Facebook. As you know, as though they have. I mean, I know that essentially they are both advertising-based businesses, but I don't know. I feel I feel like it's a little unfair to Twitter to just constantly compare them to Facebook. And it's not just Twitter. It's Yelp, Pandora. If you're not Google, Facebook, or LinkedIn, you're an also ran. And uh, these companies have won. And uh, Sheryl Sandberg talked about it a lot on the call about the investments they're making to help small and medium businesses advertise better on Facebook. And I would say, as a consumer, uh, it, it seems a lot less intrusive the ads than they used to be. And it seems like Facebook's doing a really good job, and their engagement metrics and the uh, users they're attracting to the platform are really shows that their efforts are paying off. Um, and and so I think if you are one of the smaller players, like a Twitter or a Yelp or a Pandora, you got to look at Facebook's success and not just be envious, but maybe a little bit worried about your own ability to attract advertisers. And you got to hand it to Sheryl Sandberg and Mark Zuckerberg and and really the entire leadership at Facebook when you look at how mobile advertising did not exist for this company four and a half years ago, and now I think the number in their latest quarter was that mobile ads made up seventy six percent of their revenue. So the idea that well yes they are this big company they have to constantly innovate but when you look at how they built that platform and built it so well I remember doing podcasts years ago about Facebook is like oh no how are they going to yeah. navigate the transition to mobile well they're, yeah they're, they're not making anything it. out of mobile so I don't know that's a big hurdle <laughs> yeah. for them and now it's like what well, you know yes they do have to innovate but I think they've proven quite nicely that they can yeah. 
exactly. I, I think it's another great quarter for the company. Everything looks not only uh, on target, but uh, various elements are still sort of uh, unexplored in, in terms of uh, um, revenue future growth uh, for the company. So, a good a good day, I would say, to get earnings um, out there and and really not have the price move much. Whole Foods, on the other hand, third quarter profit and revenue both came in lower than expected. Uh, Charlie, same store sales down, uh, up, or I should say up, but just barely. 1.3% oh. <laughs> comps. Uh, John Mackey, uh, co-founder of the company, co-CEO, uh, sits on our board of directors. Um, uh, this is a stock that's not having a good day. I, I haven't checked in a little while, but earlier it was down about 12-13%. Yeah, so you kicked off the show, saying we're going to kick around some earnings. There's a lot of kicking going on here with Whole Foods today. Uh, Coming out of the financial crisis, Whole Foods was very consistently doing same store sales, mid single digits, six, seven, eight percent year in, year out. That started to change a year ago. Last last fiscal year, they did four percent. This year, it's going to be low single digits. And ever since the uh, news came out of New York about Whole Foods not necessarily uh, charging an appropriate price for the actual weight of goods in the in the package. Um, same store sales are flat, and that's been for about six weeks now. And clearly, there's a concern that they're losing customers nationwide over that. Um, and this goes beyond the issues they're facing previously about having to lower price to keep customers in the store and from going to their competition. Uh, so there's some issues there, and I, I believe the share price response we're seeing today is an extrapolation that these problems are going to linger for Whole Foods. Back in early May, face, uh, Facebook Whole Foods came out with the news of this this new concept, uh, the the smaller footprint stores, the 365 concept. Um, do you have a sense of when we're going to know whether or not that is a success for them or not? I mean, obviously, you can't just you know, it's not right. it's not an app. You can't just you know build right. it out of nothing. Um, you know, so they have to actually build these stores. Is it a year from now? Two years from now? When are we going to know if if these things are working? I think that's a three to five year timeline. Okay. And the reason is so there's over 400 Whole Foods stores right now. There's only going to be five of these 365 stores by the end of next year. And then the year after that, another 10 on top of it. So they're going to test it slow. And I think that's smart. Um, I think John Mackey and Walter Robb should get a lot of credit that they've been doing this a long time and know how to be thoughtful about how they grow and expand. Um, when they said in May they were going to do this concept, I was like, oh no, they're just going to go whole hog, spend a lot of money. We don't know what we're going to get out of it. Um, but actually, we find out in this earnings release, it's going to be a very measured rollout. Uh, and we'll just see how that goes. But I, I think it's encouraging what they're doing here. I think that the problem um, for the stock today and, and being priced into going forward is that the same store sales numbers were up a little bit over one percent, and that they were impacted heavily after this story broke. So they were tracking more in line with what the consensus expectations were, which were close to three percent, and then kind of fell off a cliff. Now the if you scandal is a word that is tossed around too easily, and, and I don't think. We're really looking at a scandal so far, so much as a, a an execution mistake in in uh, the New York issue with their their weighing. Uh, but it plays into an unfortunate uh, preconception and experience for consumers of, of Whole Foods, which is, I like this, but it costs too much, 
and this supplements that. Is not only does it cost too much, but you weren't getting as much as you thought, right? Or some people weren't on some goods, and and definitely the national scope of the story uh, was was well beyond you know the the one uh, territory where where this was uh, found. But it, it's not great for Whole Foods to have a an issue of trust uh, come up. Now I think. It's not like there's been a, a, a series of issues that involve trust uh, between Whole Foods and its customers. So I think they'll get by this in time, uh, but it's it's going to impact this quarter as well, the quarter that we're in right now. When you see a stock like this down 10, 11 percent in a day, do do you think, oh, okay, this is this is a chance to jump in, or do you think, well, if you're looking at this as a buying opportunity? You might want to extend your time horizon out even a little bit further. Um, the exercise I did yesterday with this company is I'll be indicative of my approach here. I don't want to look at one quarter in isolation, and so what I did was pull five years of Whole Foods data to get the big picture of what's going on with their margins, their same store sales. And if you look at five years of data on this company, you're like, wow. These guys are doing all right. Uh, if all you looked at was today's news, you might be like, "Wow, the wheels are falling off this bus. I'm in a panic." Uh, and so that would be the mindset I, w- I would say is, if you thought this was a good company before, it's really still a good company today. You know, that's I'll take the other side. Just uh, I may or may not take the other side of that when Charlie and I are behind closed doors, and this is a stock which is in uh, a number of the portfolios that we have. Uh, management uh, control over and with the team. Um, but uh, I would say that it, this is the third of the last five quarters, maybe, where Whole Foods has really gotten clobbered following its earnings announcement. And uh, if you track back to five years ago, that's sort of a nice starting point, not only for, for Whole Foods, but, but for a lot of things which were coming up off the, the recession. And you know what you should do in relation to Whole Foods today. Certainly, to know the company, know the investment, why you're doing it. If if you're at from the perspective of, I know this company, I love this company. It's down today. I'm going to buy more because I'm a long-term holder. Just separate what part of that is your you know expectation that you love the company uh, and that therefore you can be. Uh, Dispassionate about it when the market is is going crazy, and and recognize what your own emotions are. Uh, I, I think it is uh, a good company uh, that's had a, a great uh, track record, uh, but it's it's got increasing competition, and and you know the 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 days of the Whole Foods growth uh, looking like you know the last fifteen years are, are likely over. Second quarter profit for Wynn Resorts fell 72%, and the stock is up 7% so far today. Just how low were the expectations for this quarter? Even lower. <laughs> well, I mean, so how low? You know, I mean, it, so the Macau, which is the main uh, driver of, of Wynn's earnings, I think was down 40%. Basically, um, for EBITDA and, and also for for the top line in the thirty to forty percent range. Yeah, so this is this let's is not what, quibble about whether it's thirty three <laughs> or forty one or whatever. I mean, <laughs> and this is one of those companies when people look at sort of the the headline of China's stock market, 
dropping over the last couple of months, and it's the, the headline is terrible, and it's just sort of oh my gosh, well what, you know what does this mean and that sort of thing. And well, it kind of depends on what stocks you own, and in this case, if you own shares of a casino that has a big interest in Macau. Well, guess what? Yeah, easy, <laughs> we got some bad news for you. Easy come, easy go. Because uh, Wynn and uh, the others that have uh, had uh, the lion's share of their profits coming from Macau saw a delightful ride up. You know, in, in the sort of three years prior to about twelve months ago, and since then, they've all been affected largely to the same degree. Now, Wynn. Is maybe even more concentrated in, in Macau than some of the others. Uh, on the horizon, it's got a new multi-billion-dollar casino opening in Macau and uh, Boston. You're excited about that, right? Wait a minute, they're opening a casino in Boston. Yeah, you, you do financial news, and you're from <laughs> Boston. What? And you gamble all the time, I assume. I mean, I'm just throwing out accusations what, now. One of those statements you just you're said connected is to true. the Boston mob in some form or another. I assume. I don't know. Um, let's Run get, with that. Let's, uh, putting Boston aside uh, for a second, yeah, they've got this. They've got a four billion dollar casino resort that's supposed to open next March. Uh, you know the company said on the call that they're they, that they sort of baked into their expectations when they put forth this plan five I think it was five years ago to uh, to build this casino they had sort of baked into their expectations that uh, there would be this sort of softening in the casino market maybe they weren't expecting the the crackdown on on junkets the like we've seen but I. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess if, and I'm not a shareholder of Wynn Resorts, but I, I really hope they've done their projections correctly on this because it it doesn't it doesn't seem like what's happening in Macau is turning uh, for the better anytime soon. No, it's it's very, uh, you know, there's stuff that is just outside of their control, and to the degree that you want to be invested in companies that have a greater control over what happens to them. Uh, I would say, you know, Whole Foods uh, is the kind of company uh, which is is more in control of its own destiny uh, than something like Win, where sub, you know, China can just decide the government there can just decide one day to change the rules of the game, and Win just has to, you know, accept it. And you know, Boston's a little easier in that respect, but that's not going to be. A, a significant driver. Are they uh, really? They're not opening a casino yes. in Boston, really? Yeah. yeah. Where? Do you know where? I have no idea. Uh, I've got some homework to do after the podcast. <laughs> uh, let's move on to not quite a household name, Borg Warner. It's a fun name to say. Borg Warner Automotive Supply Company uh, also not having a good day. Second quarter profit and revenue came in lower than expected. They also lowered guidance for the full fiscal year. Charlie, that's that's kind of the. That's the triple play you never want to see, where you're where you're missing on the quarter and you're lowering guidance. It is really the same story here with Borg Warner that I think I'm seeing with every manufacturing business uh, that's domestic is that currencies are just crushing them. Um, and Borg Warner specifically, it's similar to a Cummins that makes engines for trucks and cars. Uh, Borg Warner uh, makes like turbochargers for cars. They make transmissions. So if you have a fancy dual clutch transmission or a four cylinder engine with a turbocharger, uh, 
Borg Warner is really big in those areas, uh, and they have the relationships with the car manufacturers. Uh, and long term, this is a trend that works towards their favor because um, all the technology improvements that have to go into making cars more efficient to meet fuel standards uh, while maintaining their performance, um, all of these work into uh, the favor of companies like Borg Warner or a Cummins. Um, that said, they have huge exposure to Europe. Uh, because there are car makers in Europe. And if you look at a chart of the euro over the last year, it is not a pretty chart. Uh, and that ripples through uh, to their revenue that they get out of that region. And there's a, just a huge drag. Um, see right here, the impact of foreign currencies cut their sales by 11%. Uh, and so that's, I think, a temporary issue when I view a company like this. Uh, and you know what I tend to focus on is the products they're making, their competitive position. I think that's intact for Borg Warner. Uh, but yeah, their, their financials this year are not going to be what they thought they were going to be six months ago. I was a little surprised. I was looking at a chart of Borg Warner's stock over the last couple of years, and it, it was much more of a roller coaster ride than I was <laughs> expecting. I mean, I expect that out of a company like GoPro. Right. This is an $11 billion automotive supply company. This, uh, on the surface, it seems like a pretty stable business, e- even taking into account currency effects and, and that sort of thing. So, I, I don't know. It was. Should I not be surprised by something like that? I, I think there are uh, cyclical elements at play here. Um, you know, one of the other things hitting them is uh, vehicle production in China, uh, and we know what's going on there with that stock market affecting the ability of people to spend on other things. And uh, autos is one of those things, uh, and so it is going to be lumpy, lumpier than you might expect. Uh, I think if we look at a U.S. lens and you think, oh, car sales are relatively steady from one year to the next, uh, I think overseas it's a little rockier, and we're seeing that with their results and their historical stock performance. Yeah, predicting anything uh, in China right now is is tough. Uh, they're, uh, the numbers are moving around and moving around quickly, and when a significant chunk of your business is tied to China, it's certainly less of a problem for Borg Warner than for uh, Wynn Resorts, but there are plenty of other companies, as Charlie mentions, that, that are affected by that, and all the manufacturers are being hit by uh, currency. A year from now, maybe currency will be going the right way for them, um, but you know, it's, it's this sort of the constant currency equation that you should pay more attention to, because that's what companies have more control over. Uh, right now, currency is a, a major headwind for players like Borg Warner. Yesterday was National Chicken Wing Day. Today is National Cheesecake Day. I, I, I sort of feel like we should go back to National Chicken Wing Day, mm-hmm. just because, I mean, I, I like cheesecake fine, but I, I don't know, it feels... It, you're you're paying a lot of attention to these national days um, uh, on occasion. I mean, I think the last time well, the, it was like National Donut Day or something. Well, like that. I mean, let's be clear. It's only I, on the good days. I pay attention to the National Food Days. National I, you food know, days. I'm sure there are other days where I'm just like, oh, I, I don't really care. But it's quite possibly National Penguin Day or something as well, right? <laughs> I mean, probably every animal has its own day. You think so? You know these things. Uh, no, radio no, sh- no, but the internet does. Host. <laughs> um, Charlie, uh, why do you uh, hate penguins so you, much? Uh, that's a that's a much longer story. We'll dedicate <laughs> a whole episode to my hatred of penguins. Um, whether it's cheesecake or chicken wings, do you have a recommendation for our listeners? It could be, hey, if you're in this city, go to this place for really great chicken wings, or it could just be a personal preference on on flavors. Uh, we talked yesterday mm-hmm. about buffalo wild wings and. 
and their latest quarter and and I I don't go there all that often but I but I am sort of struck by how many different sauces that that they have. Yeah, I'm a big Bee Wild fan and uh, I can do some damage there. I'd say my two go-to <laughs> sauces there would be the mango habanero and the Thai curry. Yeah, you you have a greater tolerance than I do uh, for the, I like for it the spicy. I, when you're talking wings, there's only one recommendation that makes any sense, and that is to someday go to Wing Bowl. For those that <laughs> for those who don't know, don't know, explain Wing Bowl. Wing Bowl is a Philadelphia now institution, uh, which I think starts at about six in the morning uh, with uh, the the Wells Fargo Center or whatever it's called these days, uh, which is where the the Sixers and, and the Flyers play. Uh, filled with um, still intoxicated fans um, who have been up all night waiting for Wing Bowl to start. And then it is a speed-eating contest where wings are the, the namesake, but there are various other categories, I think. And it's, it's, uh, it's the last word in wings. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, wing you, you're going to represent your entire city here. I don't think it's appropriate for one city to claim two foods. You can't have Philly cheesesteak sandwiches and make a claim on wings. I don't you think Philly's one. got any claim on wings themselves. It's okay. just what it has done with an occasion built around wings. Have you been to Wing Bowl? No. No, but I'm not. I'm not dead yet. So I still, you know, <laughs> have I, I, once in your life, I think. And so I'm. I'm going to delay it for a long time, and it hopes when that is that the keeps next one? me alive longer. Yeah, when is, it's it's usually is it it's, in the, it's a week, the week before the Super Bowl. There's like the Super Bowl, and there's Wing Bowl, and they're really pretty close. So, in the winter, when you're in Philadelphia, if you want to warm up. Here's an opportunity to do that. If you're still up 5.30 in the morning, well, you can't get ticket. I mean, it's sold out, right? You can't just walk in. You could probably scalp, but, you know, you get get your tickets early. You think you can get tickets and then, like, go on StubHub and sell them at a, at a premium? Like, is it that popular? It's sold out. <laughs> wow. What else do you need to know? As you said, it's the, uh, it's the only recommendation that makes sense. <laughs> Um, you can read more from these gentlemen. I want Wing Bowl to be in an upcoming um, issue of Declarations. Declarations, the free monthly newsletter from Motley Fool Funds. You can go to foolfunds.com, sign up. Great writing once a month from Bill Barker, Charlie Travers, and the Fool Funds team. Can you promise me that at some point in the next six months, Wing Bowl will make some type of appearance in Declarations? Sure. All right, sure. We know some guys. <laughs> you can make that happen. All right, make Thanks. that happen. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. Show is mixed by Ann Henry. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Yeah.